Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 28 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. August 10, rode to the Indians and began to discourse more privately to those who had obtained comfort and satisfaction endeavoring to instruct, direct, caution, and comfort them. But others, being eager of hearing every word which related to spiritual concerns, soon came together one after another. And when I had discoursed to the young converts more than half an hour, they seemed much melted with divine things and earnestly desirous to be with Christ. I told them of the godly soul's perfect purity and full enjoyment of Christ immediately upon its separation from the body, and that it would be forever inconceivably more happy than they had ever been for any short space of time when Christ seemed near to them in prayer or other duties that I might make way for speaking of the resurrection of the body and thence of the complete blessedness of the man, I said, but perhaps some of you will say, I love my body as well as my soul, and I cannot bear to think that my body shall lie dead if my soul is happy. To which they all cheerfully replied, Mato, Mato, before I had opportunity to prosecute what I designed respecting the resurrection, i.e., no, no, they did not regard their bodies if their souls might be with Christ. Then they appeared willing to be absent from the body that they might be present with the Lord. When I had spent some time with them, I turned to the other Indians and spoke to them from Luke, 19.10 For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. I had not discoursed long before their concern rose to a great degree, and the house was filled with cries and groans. When I insisted on the compassion and care of the Lord Jesus Christ for those that were lost, who thought themselves undone, and could find no way of escape. This melted them down the more and aggravated their distress that they could not find and come to so kind a savior. Sundry persons who before had been slightly awakened were now deeply wounded with a sense of their sin and misery. One man in particular who was never before awakened, was now made to feel that the word of the Lord was quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. He seemed to be pierced at heart with distress, and his concern appeared rational and scriptural, for he said that all the wickedness of his past life was brought fresh to his remembrance and that he saw all the vile actions he had done formerly 
as if done but yesterday, found one who had newly received comfort after pressing distress from day to day, could not but rejoice and admire the divine goodness in what appeared this day. There seems to be some good done by every discourse, some newly awakened every day and some comforted. It was refreshing to observe the conduct of those who obtained comfort. While others were distressed with fear and concern, they were lifting up their hearts to God for them. Lord's Day, August 11. Discoursed in the forenoon from the parable of the prodigal son, Luke 15. Observed no such remarkable effect of the word upon the assembly as in days past. There were numbers of careless spectators from the white people of various characters. In the afternoon, I discoursed upon a part of Peter's sermon, Acts 2. And at the close of my discourse to the Indians, made an address to the white people. And divine truth seemed then to be attended with power, both to English and Indians. Several of the white heathen were awakened and could not longer be idle spectators, but found they had souls to save or lose as well as the Indians. And a great concern spread through the whole assembly so that this also appeared to be a day of God's power, especially toward the conclusion of it. Although the influence attending the word seemed scarcely so powerful now, as in some days past. The number of Indians, old and young, was now upward of 70. And one or two were newly awakened this day who never had appeared to be moved with concern for their souls before. Those who had obtained relief and comfort and had given hopeful evidences of having passed a saving change appeared humble and devout and behaved in an agreeable and Christian-like manner. I was refreshed to see the tenderness of conscience manifest in some of them, one instance of which I cannot but notice. Perceiving one of them very sorrowful in the morning, I inquired into the cause of her sorrow and found the difficulty was that she had been angry with her child the evening before and was now exercised with fears, lest her anger had been inordinate and sinful, which so grieved her that she awoke and began to sob before daylight and continued weeping for several hours together. August 14, spent the day with the Indians. There was one of them who had sometimes since put away his wife, as is common among them, and taken another woman. And being now brought under some serious impressions, was much concerned about that affair in particular, and seemed fully convinced of the wickedness of the practice, and earnestly desirous to know what God would have him to do in his present circumstances. 
When the law of God respecting marriage has been opened to them, and the cause of his leaving his wife inquired into, and when it appeared that she had given him no just occasion by unchastity to desert her, and that she was willing to forgive his past misconduct and to live peaceably with him for the future, and that she, moreover, insisted on it as her right to live with him. He was then told that it was his indispensable duty to renounce the woman whom he had last taken and receive the other, who was his proper wife, and live peaceably with her during life. With this, he readily and cheerfully complied, and thereupon publicly renounced the woman he had last taken, and promised to live with and be kind to his wife during life, she also promising the same to him. Here appeared a clear demonstration of the power of God's word upon their hearts. I suppose a few weeks before, the whole world could not have persuaded this man to a compliance with Christian rules in this affair. I was not without fears that this proceeding might be like putting new wine into old bottles and that some might be prejudiced against Christianity when they saw the demands made by it. But the man, being much concerned about the matter, the determination of it could be deferred no longer, and it seemed to have a good rather than an ill effect among the Indians who generally owned that the laws of Christ were good and right respecting the affairs of marriage. <clears throat> In the afternoon, I preached to them from the Apostles' Discourse to Cornelius, Acts ten thirty four. There appeared some affectionate concern among them, though not equal to what appeared in several of the former days. They still attended and heard as for their lives, and the Lord's work seemed still to be promoted and propagated among them. August 15, preached from Luke 4, 16 through 21. The word was attended with power upon the hearts of the hearers. There was much concern, many tears, and affecting cries among them, and some were deeply wounded and distressed for their souls. There were some newly awakened who came but this week, and convictions seemed to be promoted in others. Those who had received comfort were likewise refreshed and strengthened, and the work of grace appeared to advance in all respects. The passions of the congregation in general were not so much moved as in some days past, but their hearts seemed as solemnly and deeply affected with divine truth as ever, at least in many instances, although the concern did not seem so universal and to reach every individual in such a manner as it appeared to do some days before. August 16, spent considerable time in conversing with the Indians found one who had got relief and comfort after pressing concern and could not but hope 
when I came to discourse particularly with her, that her comfort was of the right kind. In the afternoon, I preached to them from John 6, 26-34. Toward the close of my discourse, divine truth was attended with considerable power upon the audience, and more especially after public service was over, when I particularly addressed several distressed persons. There was a great concern for their souls spread pretty generally among them, but especially there were two persons newly awakened to a sense of their sin and misery, one of whom was lately come, and the other had all along been very attentive and desirous of being awakened, but could never before have any lively view of her perishing state. Now, her concern and spiritual distress was such that I thought I had never seen any more pressing. A number of old men were also in distress for their souls so that they could not refrain from weeping and crying aloud. And their bitter groans were the most convincing as well as affecting evidences of the reality and depth of their inward anguish. God is powerfully at work among them. This concludes episode 28 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.